0: presence. Lord, I worship you. I'm not asking for one thing, just attention from my King to tell you from my heart just what you lord i worship you in the secret place lord i seek your face and worship you i'll praise you And glorify and worship you You're worthy of all praise Of worship and all praise Lord, I worship you and i praise you and i love you lord i know you hear me you're present and you're ever near to me and the love with which i love lord you're the giver of Lord I worship you in the beauty of your presence Lord I worship you I'm not asking for one thing just attention from my King to tell You from my heart Just what you mean to me I worship worship you You. Lord, I worship worship you You. In the secret place place. Lord, I seek your face And I worship you praise you with familiar phrases then enter on into higher praises and magnify and glorify and worship you I'll praise you with Magnify and glorify and worship you. worship you, worship you, worship you. Looking at Romans chapter 7 is a real interesting chapter where Paul is kind of Writing to the church, and he's kind of, sounds like he's kind of just admitting to some things, and he's talking about, uh, he says, I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing, for to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. He said, I don't know how to do this, because it's within me, uh, the will to do good is is here for the will is present within me, but how to perform that, I do not know, because he said when I uh, the good that I should do, I don't do it. In other words, there's a, there's a force of good, God's drawing him to do good, or God draws us as believers to do good, and Paul says, but but I'm not doing good. But he said then the thing that I shouldn't do, and that means the the enemy, Satan, is drawing with his force. He's drawing. He said the thing that I shouldn't do, then then I'm doing. Then he comes down to verse 24 and says, O miserable or wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? So the disobedience of God, I was talking with a friend yesterday, and I said, you know, uh, disobeying God uh, won't, won't won't make you miss heaven, but, I mean, you'll miss having heaven on earth. <laughs> you'll just miss that on heaven on earth is all there. We're going to examine a little bit farther a praying man that we all would respect. The Apostle Paul was a man of prayer. We're going to examine him and use him as an example. Remember, living without praying is like driving in a fog. See, in a fog, it's very dangerous to drive in a fog. You, know, uh, you hear of uh, you know one and two and, well, not one, but two and three and ten and fifteen car pile-ups by people driving in fog. That's what happens in a life with somebody who's not really a praying person. We've been talking about Paul here writing to the Romans in chapter 7, and he, he points out there are two good forces. God, God is drawing me, and, and God does draw. He, God nudges. He, he, he doesn't leave us alone. He's ever drawing on us, and his spirit is wooing us, and there's that uh, draw. And then, and then the devil's always trying to, to draw us his direction. And Paul said, The good that I wish to do I'm I'd really like to do I'm not really doing that good but the evil which I uh, should not do that's what I'm doing he said "O wretched man that I am who shall deliver me from the body of this death he said I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord so then with the mind I myself serve the law of God but with the flesh the law of sin there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk "...or act, not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death." In First Timothy, uh, Paul writes, and he says, "...I exhort, or I'm emphatic, I exhort, he says, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men." Uh, we're going to teach here how to get out of this dilemma of the old oh, wretched man that I am, sort of thing. In other words, it isn't totally uh, hopeless or helpless. We are not helpless, and Paul begins to give us the answer here as we look at uh, at Timothy as he's writing to Timothy. I exhort, therefore, that's Second uh, Timothy. Excuse me, no, not Second Timothy, First Timothy, two and verses one through eight, actually. Uh, First of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks. Something special begins to happen for us when we're praying away from us. As I begin to make supplication to the Lord, that means I'm thinking of the Lord. I begin to pray. That means that my mind goes to God because I'm looking to the Father. I'm going to the Father in the name of Jesus. When I'm interceding, I'm, I'm interceding. I'm taking the place of another who is not praying. That's what intercession is. Taking the place of another in prayer. It doesn't mean that they never pray or they couldn't be praying, but that just means that we're taking up their cause in prayer on their behalf, uh, through intercession. Also, giving of thanks be made for all men. So we're to thank God for all men. I just, oh God, thank you for that man but to thank God for many things about that man and we do that in a in a positive thrust of praising God and it really becomes a kind of an intercessory thanks there and paul was meaning here that the very prime deposit and truth for the church was to be made in this manner first of all before anything before you uh begin to do any works you uh, in the front of all things Uh, We are to be a praying people, a praying person, a praying family, and a praying church. First, we're to pray for men. Uh, Secondly, we're to pray for all men. And then we go to Philippians 4 and 6, and uh, Paul uh, spoke to the Philippians in this way through his letter. Be careful for nothing, or don't take care and be thinking about other things. He said, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer or praying and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. The church must be anxious about nothing. In everything, prayer must be made. Nothing was too small about which to pray, nothing was too great for God to overcome. And uh, he tells us uh, also Paul writing to the church at Thessalonica, he says, Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. "...in Christ Jesus concerning you." The church must give itself to unceasing prayer. People make up the church, so people who I'm talking to now, who hear me now, we must set ourselves to pray unceasingly and make it a way of life. The church, Paul was not given to just prayer himself, but he continually and earnestly urged it in a way that showed its vital importance to all who would listen. He was not only insistent in urging prayer upon the church in his day, but he urged persistent praying. As prayer was the highest exercise in Paul's personal life, so also prayer assumed the same high place in his teaching. Paul's example of prayer added force to his teaching on prayer. Paul was the chiefest of the apostles as he was chief in prayer.